This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. There's so many are breaking traditions that are sacred the whole world around, seeking only for riches and pleasures that's so freely in this life abound. But I still love the precious old Bible, is my comfort, my guide, and my stay. Oh, I guess I'm just a little old-fashioned, but I still love the old-fashioned ways. Oh, I guess I'm just a little old-fashioned, but I still love the old-fashioned way. Lord, I care not for the world and its glory, or the life that is modern and I still love the songs about Jesus, and I still love the Bible so true. Oh, I guess I'm just a little old-fashioned, but my Savior was old-fashioned too. In this world that is doubting and changing, changing ways that are old for the new, there's a need for the old-time religion and the prayers of the Christians so true. May the Savior who ruleth in heaven hear the old-fashioned prayers that we pray. May he keep us just a little old-fashioned, for I still love the old-fashioned ways. Oh, I guess I'm just a little old-fashioned, but I still love the old-fashioned way. Lord, I care not for the world and its glory, or the life that is modern and gay, but I still songs about Jesus, and I still love the Bible so true. Oh, I guess I'm just a little old-fashioned, but my Savior was old-fashioned too. Tell me the story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word Tell me the story most precious Sweetest that ever was heard Tell how the angels in chorus Sang as they welcomed his birth Glory to God in the Tell me the story of Jesus, write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Fasting alone in the desert, 
days that are past How for our sins he was tempted Yet was triumphant at last Tell of the years of his labor Tell of the sorrow he bore He was despised and afflicted Homeless, rejected, and poor Tell me the story of Jesus Write on my heart every word Tell me the story most precious Sweetest that ever was heard Tell of the cross where they nailed him Writhing in anguish and pain Tell of the grave where they laid him Tell how he liveth again Love in that ten story so tender Clearer than ever I see Stay, let me weep while you whisper Love paid the ransom for me Tell me the story of Jesus Right on my heart every word Tell me the story most precious Sweetest that ever was heard Thanks, Jim, for those beautiful songs. Welcome to Worship, Good Neighbors. You're listening to a Neighbors United in Christ Parish Worship Service, sponsored by the Lutheran Churches of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Pastor Greg Wilcox. Thanks today to Jim Haugerud, who is our musician. Thanks, too, to Kathy Christensen, who is our reader and will provide the children's message as well, and our recording engineer, Isaac Christensen. You're able to join us by NUIC podcast and at 8 a.m. each Sunday morning on WPCA Radio 93.1 FM and its live internet stream on www.wpcrradio.org. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577 by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, and through our website at www.nuicparish.org. Today's radio broadcast is sponsored by Joyce Anderson in memory of Dolly Lee. Thanks very much, Joyce, for your generosity, and God bless uh, the memory of Dolly Lee. Just a couple of additional announcements. Most of you will likely know by now that Neighbors United in Christ has gone to a one-service format through the Sundays in uh, the summer. This coming Sunday will be at Duranda at 9 a.m. And after that, there is a, a semi-annual meeting for the church. And then August 1st, the service will be at Trinity, and that also is at 9 a.m. And the other services through August will be at 9 a.m. We'd invite you not only to listen in on these podcasts, but to join us in person when you have a chance. 
The church is anywhere people gather in Jesus' name. Even when we are not together in a church building, God continues to be present in the creative and intentional ways that we gather for worship. Therefore, wherever you are at this time, worshiping in Jesus' name, your present location is the church. These Sundays are Sundays after Pentecost, and you may want to have a green cloth to lay before you, a candle and a cross. You might enjoy making a small worship space to enhance your at-home worship experience. You may also want to have a Bible and or Bibles for the kids for their home worship materials. As we begin worship, it is our desire to honor God, to open our hearts to the spirit of God's love and presence, and begin with the invocation. We dedicate this hour to the presence and purposes of God. We worship together with God the Creator, Jesus our Savior, and the Spirit, our breath of life. Amen. We continue then with our confession. God of goodness and mercy, help us as we open our hearts and confess our sins. We doubt your presence and activity in our lives when we are struggling, confused, or hurting. Sometimes we lack patience, assuming that we know when and how all things should happen. We forget that you are faithful in your promises to us. Other times we forget how vast your love is for us, for each of your children that you have uniquely created with purpose. We are truly sorry and ask for your forgiveness. Help us do what's right in the days to come. Surround us and renew us with your grace. Amen. Hear then this absolution. God is good and loves us unconditionally at all times and in all places. By grace we have been saved. In the name of Jesus, our sins are all forgiven. Amen. Hope you can join us as we sing a couple of gathering hymns. Jim? Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on, let me stand. I'm weak, I'm so warm. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. When my way grows drear, precious Lord, lead I'm so warm. 
Good neighbors, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Please join me as we pray the prayer of the day. Let us pray. Gracious God, you have placed within the hearts of all your children a longing for your word and a hunger for your truth. Grant that we may know your Son to be the true bread of heaven 
and share this bread with all the world through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. I encourage you now to share a sign of peace. Bless yourself or maybe somebody you're worshiping with today, beginning with a touch on the forehead and using the Trinity formula, which is be blessed or I am blessed in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. At this time, we'll turn to the Holy Scriptures and I'll invite Kathy to come and read our lessons and do our children's message for us. Kathy? The first reading comes from 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, verses 42 through 44. Another time, a man came from Baal Shalzazah, bringing Elijah 20 loaves of bread made from the first barley harvested that year and some freshly cut heads of grain. Elijah told his servant to feed the group of prophets with this. But he answered, I do not think this is enough for a hundred men. Elijah replied, give it to them to eat because the Lord says that they will eat and still have some left over. So the servant set the food before them and as the Lord had said, they all ate and there was still some left over. The next reading comes from Psalm chapter 145 verses 10 through 18. All your creatures, Lord, will praise you, and all your people will give you thanks. They will speak the glory of your royal power and tell of your might, so that everyone will know your mighty deeds and the glorious majesty of your kingdom. Your rule is eternal, and you are king forever. The Lord is faithful to his promises, and everything he does is good. He helps those who are in trouble, he lifts those who have fallen. All living things look hopefully to you, and you give them food when they need it. You give them enough and sati that satisfies the needs of all. The Lord is righteous in all he does, merciful in all his acts. He is near to those who call him, who call to him with sincerity. And the last reading comes from Ephesians, the third chapter, verses 14 through 21. For this reason, I fall on my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth receives its true name. I ask God from the wealth of his glory to give you power through his spirit to be strong in your inner selves. And I pray that Christ will make his home in your hearts through faith. I pray that you may have your roots and foundation in love so that you, together with all God's people, may have the power to understand how broad and long and high and deep is Christ's love. Yes, many you come to know his love, although it can never be fully known, and so he's completely filled with the very nature of God. To him who by the means of his power working in us is able to do so much more than we can ever ask for or even think of. To God be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus for all time, forever and ever, amen. It's time now to talk with the young people of the parish. Hi guys. Do you know what the word miracle means? Well, I looked it up in the dictionary 
And one of the definitions was an event that appears unexplainable by the laws of nature. But then the second part of it means that it is an act of God. In other words, a miracle is an act of God. Pastor Greg will be reading from John, I believe, the parable of the feeding of the 5,000. So we're also gonna read it from the Sparks Bible, but if you would turn to that Sparks Story Bible on page 426, I would like to read the story to you. It was a beautiful sunny day as Jesus and his disciples crossed the Sea of Galilee in a boat with white sails. Jesus had been healing sick people and many more people of all ages came to see him again that day. Maybe they could hear more of Jesus' stories or see him show God's power through another miracle. When Jesus saw the large crowd of men, women, and children, he asked his friend Philip, how are we going to get enough food to feed all these people? And Philip answered, well, I could work for six months and not earn enough money to buy food for all these men, women, and children. So the disciples, they didn't know what to do. Well, just then, Andrew pointed to a young child, and he said, here is a boy who has five small loaves of bread and two fish. It is something, but certainly it isn't enough food for all of these people. Well, the boy looked very nervous as he said in his small voice, Jesus, please take my food if you think it will help. Well, Jesus took the five loaves of bread and two fish that the boy had offered and asked his friends to have the crowd sit down. About 5,000 people sat in the gra grassy meadow by the lake that day. And after Jesus th gave thanks to God, to, he blessed the five loaves of bread and two fish. Then he shared the food with all the people who were there that day, and all 5,000 people ate until they were very full. Then Jesus said, now let's gather up all the leftovers. And do you know what? There were enough leftover pieces of bread and fish to fill large, 12 large baskets, more loaves and fishes that left over than the boy had even given to Jesus. The disciples shook their heads in disbelief as they struggled to pick up the baskets heavy with food. The people saw the full baskets of leftovers and began to understand that something extraordinary had just happened, another miracle. Jesus smiled as he heard the people say, God must have sent Jesus to us. It was a day the boy, the disciples, and all the people would never forget. Well, that's a real interesting story about Jesus, a miracle, an act of God. Now, if you were that boy who gave Jesus this food that day, what would you tell the people about what happened? Well, first, if it was me, I'd say it was a miracle. God helped his son Jesus feed 5,000 people with just five loaves of bread and two fish. Wow. Jesus has been sent to us to keep us, to help us see the good things that, that will happen when we believe in God. Jesus blessed the food and Jesus provided enough food for all to eat and even had leftovers for the next day. Miracles happen just about every day, if you think about it. Well, just look at nature around us. How about a caterpillar turning into a butterfly? Wow, 
How about if you plant a seed in the ground and it grows up to be a plant and maybe it gives beans or sweet corn or pumpkins or lettuce? They're all miracles, things that God makes possible. God will provide everything we need to live if we just need to believe in miracles. Let us pray. Dear God, help us to see your miracles. Help us to believe in you. You are all we need to live. In your name, amen. Some bright morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. Thank you, Kathy, for the lessons and the children's message and the lovely song. And Kathy's right, I am going to be reading the gospel text, which is the story of the feeding of the 5,000. This comes from the gospel according to St. John, the sixth chapter, and I'm reading verses 1 through 21. After this, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. Jesus went up the mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. When he looked up and saw a large crowd coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. 
Philip answered him, Six months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they among so many people? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was a great deal of grass in the place, so they sat down, about five thousand in all. Then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, he told his disciples, Gather up the fragments left over, so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled twelve baskets. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they began to say, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. Then Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king. He withdrew again to the mountain by himself. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the Sea of Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because of the strong wind blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were terrified. But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. Then they wanted to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the land toward which they were going. The Gospel of our Lord. Dear friends in Christ, What's your first reaction when you are confronted by someone in need? Do you typically think, how can I help? Or what can I do in this situation to help meet that need? Or do you typically think, I wish I could do something, but you fill in the excuse, but I'm too busy, or but I'm too tired, but I don't have enough money or energy or interest, but I don't want to get involved, and so on. My wife Gail and I were down in St. Paul just a week or so before with uh, friends for dinner. We were meeting them at W.A. Frost, a nice restaurant in the Cathedral District of St. Paul. As we pulled off the interstate, I noticed a man standing at the stoplight up at the corner. He was holding a sign. I moved into the far lane away from him, but it wasn't far enough for me to not be able to read his sign. I'm hungry, can you help me? And it wasn't far enough to keep me from meeting his eyes and see the sadness and desperation there. I thought of that man off and on all through our supper at W.A. Frost. Do you ever wonder when you're confronted by a homeless or hungry person holding a sign, will work for food or can you help me? Do you ever wonder if perhaps it's a test? that Jesus is watching and wondering what you'll do? And do you ever wonder if he is saddened or perhaps gladdened by your response to another in need? In our gospel lesson today, Jesus and his disciples are surrounded by a large crowd, 5,000 people, first century thrill seekers who are curious to see if Jesus might do some more cool miracles. And apparently they've been following Jesus long enough so that it was lunchtime. And the little question of how many peanut butter sandwiches it will take to feed the whole crowd was on Jesus' mind. It's clear from the text that Jesus knows exactly what he's going to do. 
but he has something more in mind than coming up with 5,000 peanut butter sandwiches. Jesus really wants Philip and Andrew, and I'm guessing the rest of the disciples too, to experience and remember three essential life and faith lessons. The first, Jesus always calls us into the lives of people in need, not away from them. The second, Jesus always includes himself in the equation of meeting another's need. Our text says, where are we to buy bread? And Jesus knew what he was going to do. So Jesus is part of that equation of how to feed those 5,000 people. And the third, however limited our resources and however limiting our excuses, with Jesus, miracles are always possible. I got a glimpse of that truth, those life and faith lessons years ago in my first parish as a young pastor. Not with a horde of 5,000 hungry people, but with a horde of 10 wild teens and a recovering alcoholic. The teens, seven girls and three boys, went to the small local high school in town where I was serving as pastor. Some were part of my church and some weren't. They'd planned sometime before I had arrived on the scene on going on a canoe trip in northern Minnesota into the Boundary Waters canoe area. But for one reason or another, their adult sponsor had deserted them. My guess was that he either had a panic attack when he thought about a week in the wilderness with 10 teens, or he came to his senses and ran the other direction. Anyway, they were in need and I, the new pastor in town, didn't know any better and volunteered to take them. When I say I didn't know any better, I mean that literally. I had never been on a canoe trip and had no idea what was involved. I suppose I thought, well, how hard can it be? As I look back on this experience now, I can see clearly God's plan unfolding, God's hand of providence at work. And let me add here that it's often in looking back on something that we begin to see just how God was working in our lives. One of the teenage girls had an aunt who had been canoeing in the Boundary Waters many times before, and this aunt sat me down and described in detail what I could expect, what I would need, and how to go about preparing for the trip. One of the dads volunteered to round up some canoes and tents and other equipment. One of the moms said she could help plan the meals for the trip. My parishioners held a fundraiser to help underwrite the expenses of the trip, and just as important, many of them began to pray earnestly for the ten teens and the oh-so-naive young pastor. Oh yes, God was at work. Jesus had called me into the lives of these teens, and now Jesus was talking at many people's hearts to offer help in meeting that need. But as it turned out, one of the most important ingredients for the trip was not yet in place, but soon would be. Even though I'd been in this town for just a few months, I'd already heard about Daryl, the divorced dad of one of the teens going on the trip and a rather notorious ladies' man and a recovering alcoholic. With all the help I was getting for this trip, with God's spirit tugging at many, many hearts, I still needed one thing, another adult to go with me on the trip. It seemed all the parents of the teens had excuses. The dads, almost all farmers, were busy in the fields. 
And the moms, whatever else they had going on, were not at all interested in long days of canoeing and portaging, mosquito-infested woods, rustic pit toilets, cooking over a campfire and sleeping on the hard ground in somewhat waterproof tents. Go figure. But not too long before the trip, the person who did volunteer was, you guessed it, Daryl. First, I wasn't sure if this was a blessing or a curse, if it was God at work or perhaps the evil one setting me up. But in that week together, what I discovered was that Daryl was strong and capable and steady and patient. Daryl did twice as much of the physical work as I did, knew a lot more practical stuff about canoeing and camping, like cleaning the fish the kids caught and getting rid of the fish guts without attracting visitors like bears, and he even joined in the evening Bible studies and prayer times. I think I can honestly say that more than all the other help put together, Daryl, the ladies' man and recovering alcoholic, was evidence of God's grace at work in this young pastor's life. Well, Jesus had called me into the lives of those ten teens at the point of their need. Jesus was part and parcel of the whole canoe trip adventure from start to finish. Jesus took my limited resources and naivete and made us all into a community that would, that would never forget the wild and wonderful week we would spend together. Our gospel lesson today pictures the great promise, the wonderful truth that waits for each of us whenever we give ourselves away for the other in need. Whether it is people in poverty, refugees seeking a new life, your neighbor whose husband died suddenly, an old friend who tells you he's depressed and doesn't know what to do, someone standing at a street corner with a sign saying he's hungry, or ten teens needing a sponsor. Jesus calls us, always calls us, into their lives, their hurt, their hunger, their fear, their loneliness. Jesus goes with us, always goes with us, and uses us to reach out to them. Jesus makes his love, his grace, his promise and power real to them through us. A little quote you may have heard before, it's well known, is from Saint Teresa. She says, Christ has no body now on earth but yours, no hands but yours, no feet but yours. Yours are the eyes through which Christ's compassion looks out on the world. Yours are the feet with which he is to go about doing good and yours are the hands which he blesses people with now. Whenever and wherever we enter another's life, uh, seek to give ourselves away for their need, Jesus is in the midst of that giving. And dear friends in Christ, whenever that happens, it is a miracle. Amen. Lord, 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 is there a place for me in the scheme of things, in the service of the King? Lord, 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 there's no job too great as I grow in faith. Lord, Lord, Lord.
there's no stream too wide with you by my side. There's no stream too wide. Let me help someone through the darkest hour. Let me shine, shine, shine like the beacon's tower. Let my light be strong and myself be small. Let me know the truth that I'm one in all. Lord, 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 there's no job too small. Cause I'm one with all, there's no job too small. Lord, 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 is there a place for me in the scheme of things, in the service of the King? Let me help someone through the darkest hour. Let me shine, shine, shine like the beacon's tower. Lord, 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 there is no job too great as I grow in faith. There's no job too great. Lord, 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 Lord. Thanks, Jim, for that beautiful song. It went wonderfully well with my message. We continue then as we confess our faith in, the, uh, in God through the Apostles' Creed. So, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Lord, listen to your children praying. Lord, send your spirit in this place. Lord, listen to your children praying. Send us love, send us power. Send us grace. Rooted in Christ and sustained by the Spirit, we offer our prayers for the Church, the world, and all of creation. We pray for the Church. Bless the ministries of our neighboring congregations. Empower churches throughout the world and encourage missionaries who accompany global neighbors. Kindle in us a spirit of collaboration, that all people may know your loving works. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. 
We pray for creation. Send rain to lands experiencing drought and come to the aid of those enduring sweltering heat. Nurture wheat and barley crops grown for the nourishment of your people and conserve aquatic habitats and fish populations. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. We pray for those who govern, cast out arrogance, selfishness, and corruption, and instruct those who lead to practice compassion and humility. Inspire them with a vision of the common good and a commitment to ensure that all who hunger are fed. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. We pray for those bowed down by heavy burdens, those who are unemployed or underemployed, those unable to find affordable housing, and those without health insurance. Console those who grieve and hear the cries of all those who call to you for healing. We pray especially for Julie Dubois, Sue Fowler, Joanne Fowler, Christina Burgett, Pat and Lucille Trof, Myrna Brown, Mary Greiser, Vernon Lee, Helen Erickson, Gary Fredrickson, Rick Elmer, Sherm Olson, Randy Goglin, Maury and Lee Nicholson, Kirsten Overby, Andy Elmer, Debbie Tagg, Leslie, and Larry Bazil. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. We pray for this assembly. Deepen our resolve to use what we have to serve those in need. When we worry what to do and we don't have enough resources for ministry, assure us of your abundance. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. We give thanks for those who have died. As you sustain them through all their days, so dwell in our hearts that we may have the power to comprehend with all the saints the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. We lift these and all our prayers to you, O God, confident in the promise of your saving love through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We continue now after the prayers, just with our statement about offering, our invitation for you to think about this, and then I'll invite Jim to come and do an offering song. As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, to your home congregation, to the Synod or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors. As you consider that, I'll invite Jim to come and sing our offering song for today. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. 
Thanks, Jim, for that lovely song. We'll do our offering prayer and then the Lord's Prayer and our benediction. So would you pray with me, please? Gracious and holy God, bless these tithes and offerings we have given for the sake of the kingdom. Let the grace and generosity of the Father be the light that guides us, the compassion of the Son be the love that inspires us, and the presence of the Spirit be the power that moves us. Amen. Would you pray the Lord's Prayer with me, please? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Called to walk together as the body of Christ, let us abide with one another in peace. Thanks be to God. Hear the benediction. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. Amen.
This world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world Just over in glory land, we'll live eternally. The saints on every hand are shouting victory. Their songs of sweetest praise drift back from heaven's shore. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amherst, Wisconsin. Our pastor today is the Reverend Greg Wilcox. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. God will take care of you. Nothing you ask will be denied.